long time since we've got to be together. And so uh, we just wanted to, I just wanted to welcome everybody. And I wanted, and Mia too. It's great to see everyone. Thank you for coming on Friday night. I know it's difficult on a Friday night to get out, but, you know, we were kind of looking at missing our retreat last year and not being able to have one this year that we wanted to some, do something just a little bit special, make, you know, make it a little bit special. So I'm so glad you're all here to join us. And those of you who aren't able to be here, that's okay. And so to those of you who are watching us online and from far away, we're glad that you're here too. So if I'm not looking in the right place, forgive me. I'm not used to doing this <laughs> in front of a big camera. Small camera, yes, but not a big camera. So um, we're so happy to see all you. And first of all, before we get started, because we're going to spend a little bit of time because it's praise and fellowship, we want to spend some time worshiping the Lord together. And did everybody get their song sheets? We are not putting it. Okay, so I might need somebody to pass out some song sheets. They're on the back um, dresser. It's not a dresser. It's a bureau. What is it called? Anyway, we're not doing the words up here tonight so that our wonderful Katie, who does that all the time, and they put her back in this where she can't see, she can be down here with us tonight. So we're going old school with the words on the papers. And um, so everybody has those. We'll put some up here in the front. We'd like to um, let everybody know that we'd like to start getting together more regularly. The men at St. Michael's, uh, Father, Father Ed and my husband, back in December, decided that they really felt it was time that the men should come together, and we needed to come together. It's so important for us to be together as a, as a body and to meet face-to-face, and it's been so difficult this year. And so they um, decided to have, be having some men's meetings on Saturday mornings. And so both Mia and I went to our husband separately and said, you know, we, we want this for the women too. The women need to have a time to be together too. So we'd like to after this night, in, probably in the summer, we don't have a date right now, but in the summer on a Saturday morning, we'd like to get together and uh, for here at St. Michael's and anybody who wants to come, we, we have some things that we uh, want to do for our church and some ministries and talk about those kind of things that we can be doing here at St. Michael's as we get everything up and running again. And so what I'd like to ask all of you is to think about um, some of the ways that maybe God's calling you to help out with the ministries at our church. And some of the things, I, first thing I want to say is that Our St. Michael's Society never shut its doors through this whole last year. They never shut its doors. God blessed us with food. We have been serving so many people every Monday, and it's been a really incredible um, thing that God has blessed us. And we have so many people, so many women here in the church that come are faithful every Monday, and men too, to come and help pass out that food and do that food ministry, and we're so thankful for that. But if you feel like you'd like to help with that, it's on um, Mondays. And also, so that we can get our church up and running again, we are going to be looking at how how are we opening the nursery again? How are we going to be doing Sunday school again? Because it's time to get those ministries started again, but we need we need help. 
And so, you know, be praying about those things. How are we going to do it? Because our, our kids need to be, get back into that also. And also, as, you know, being away from our building for a year, a lot that we're not able to be around, there's a lot of little projects around that we can be uh, working on to help uh, maintain our building. God's given us this beautiful building, and it takes a lot of a lot of work. The men came last Saturday and worked really hard at clearing out the that back canyon. It was a jungle, and it was it's so nice to see through that jungle. It's just kind of a a picture. It was a kind of a picture of what God is doing right now. So, you know, it's, everything's been in such a jungle, and now we're clearing that away. We're getting a new vision and a new hope. So we want to do that, too, as uh, women of the church, to come in and find those projects where we can go in and we can do that, too. So be thinking about that. Also, after our um, time together tonight, we have lovely refreshments and a time of fellowship down in our um, parish hall afterwards. So we want everybody to come down there. Be- you know, Becky sets out a spread like no other. I'm so blessed to have her in my family. <laughs> so that's so nice. So I'm just going to pray, and then we're going to get started with time of praise, and then we'll see where the Lord takes us after that. Dear Lord, I'm so thankful that each and every one of these women have set aside time to come and worship together tonight. Lord, I pray that you bless this time, that you minister to us, that your Holy Spirit would just cover this room, and we pray for your presence. And we just give you all the glory and thank you for keeping us through these difficult times. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
I can hold on. I can hold on to who I am. 
I've been held in you. 
this on again. I forget that I have to speak into this microphone. So I usually have a really good loud teacher's voice. So hopefully you can hear me. Everybody take a deep breath. We made it. We're here. It's been a long week. It's been a long month. It's been a long year. Can I hear an amen for that? Long year been a very difficult year for everyone. I don't know anybody who hasn't been affected by this long year. There's been ups and downs. There's been many, many blessings through this year. And there's been some sadness. And so um, I want to just encourage each and every one of you. Because I feel encouraged. It's It's been a long time coming, but I feel encouraged being here tonight, and I want to encourage each one of you. And um, as we've been, as I was praying and 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 thinking, what do I want to say? Because you know, there's like so much, and it's like, okay, get it, get it together, get it into a direction. And the word that I kept coming up with, so um, is perspective. Perspective. You know, everything is out there in, in perspective. And so um, I'd like you to think about that. Well, what is perspective? It's, uh, so I look it up. You know, I'm a teacher of kids. I was like, what does that mean? I want to be sure. It's, it's perspective, of course, can go with drawing. You, it's how you look at an object, how you look at something. But it's also an attitude. It's an attitude regarding uh, how you see something or let's say it's your point of view. And so I'm like, okay, point of view, teach that all the time, you know. And in school and you're teaching students how to read something, what point of view are they using? Is it like a first-person point of view, is there a, which is, you know, it's all about me, I, 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 me, me, me. And, or is it in a third-person point of view where it's a narrator telling the story, looking at the whole big picture? And, and I was like, that's kind of how... You know, it's hard not to have pers- to have a perspective. Everyone has a perspective, you know, and, and our perspective is first person, right? Because that's who we are. Me, 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 me. And in this last year, more than ever before, I felt like everybody's perspective is me, 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 me. It's all about me. And I'm like, yeah, I fell into that trap too. It's easy not to fall into that trap about being, it's about me. It's about my feelings. It's about how I see this, you know, and everybody has has that feeling. And I'm like, but that's not right. 
that's that's not a good perspective, you know. Um, so that's been a challenge to look at perspective. And so I was going to start out with this little story about how I changed my perspective about everything that's going on. So a year ago, when everything started locking down, it was spring, you know. It's a time when people wanted to be outside. They wanted to be doing things. And so that you were encouraged, okay, go be outside. So we made it a point in our family to go for daily walks, daily outings. And um, as I was going one time, I was out by myself, and I was just feeling really dejected because it wasn't, it was easy to do, feel depressed, dejected. And so I'm walking along, and it's spring, and I see the little birds flying around. Like, wow, I, I really have this thing about birds flying around. I, I like them. They bring me joy. And, and so then I looked out, and the trees and the flowers were budding, you know. And then I walked down, and I'm fortunate to live close to the ocean. And so I go, I walk down to the ocean, and I'm looking out there, and I'm like, wow, look, there's the ocean. And there it is, and I start thinking, Wow. God created all of these things a long time ago. And look at the birds are still singing. The flowers are still blooming. The ocean is still there. Look at what God created. Look at this creation. It is so wonderful. It is so great. God's it's in control. And I start from that moment on, I start looking at everything from God's perspective. Everything that was going on is not new. And I thought back to all the times in, you know, I, I like history. Our family kind of think we're kind of history buffs, you know. And, um, and I start, started thinking back all these times in history when all these different things had happened. And I'm like, the birds are still singing, the flowers are still blooming, and the ocean is still there through all the things in history. And guess what? It's still going to be there. God is still there in every little detail. And he's looking down on his creation. And you know what he said? This is what, so, what is so amazing that I teach the little kids. And he looked down on his creation after every day that he, he created something. And he said, it is good. And I started thinking, I need to start saying, it is good. It is good. God's creation is good. People are good. Everything is good. And I started feeling more courageous and having more courage. But guess what, guess what happens when, that, when you start feeling that way, right? Boom, you get hit with something over here. And boom, over here. And then it's like, oh, my gosh, what is going on? You know, and we bring that big perspective, God's perspective, back to your perspective. And you get very tunnel vision of only what's happening to you. And that happened to me so many times, as many of you who spend any time with me (laughs) or that I let you spend time with me because, yeah, I went there too. No, I don't want to be around anybody. That's too scary out there. And um, it's like a yo-yo. We can't live that way. It took a long time to get there for me to say that. We cannot live that way. And so I I want to encourage you, don't, you know, don't feel condemnation if you can't keep it at God's perspective. Don't feel any condemnation because you know what? He doesn't. 
He doesn't, he doesn't say, oh, my goodness, look at you again. You're worrying again? I cannot even believe it. No, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't do that. And so right then I had to make a choice. Whose point of view was I going to listen to? Because there's a lots of points of views out there, especially in my lifetime, that are more than any other time I've ever known. You know, so this, these are unusual times. Not the most unusual times in history, but they're unusual times for us. They're unusual times for me. So there's a resistance. And the enemy of your soul, whenever you want to do something God's way, I find that he comes in and says, wants to attack you on every side. So it's hard to stay courageous. It's hard to stay focused. And so I had to think of some things to do. My, <laughs> my husband always has little lists of things that he, that he wants us to do. Let's follow these. You know, let's look at Let's make it better. He's a consummate learner. He's always looking for something new to learn and to do. And, and I admire him so much in that because, you know, I get kind of set my ways and I like how it's going. And, but he's always pushing that envelope. So I'm going to tell you three things that I did that really changed my life through all, of, through all this last year of lockdown, of um, getting my own, getting a perspective where I wanted God to have, to have a God perspective. And so the first thing I did is that I filled my life with worship music. Um, if I was ever out, I, I don't even listen to any other music right now. I just took it all away because I didn't want to be um, bombarded with other thoughts because music is so powerful. It's powerful to me. God uses music in so many ways, and I think he does that with a lot of people to speak to me through songs and through his words. And most of all, music so powerful because it is such a weapon. You do so much battle when you are worshiping. And so I just fill my life with worship music. I wake up in the night, and if I was feeling anxious or afraid, I would just start singing. Whatever song came to mind, worship song. So now that I do it all the time, I just automatically am singing different songs. I'm fighting battles. I'm fighting battles all night long, singing praises. In my, in my mind, I don't sing them out loud, but in my, you know, to myself, that would <laughs> wake up the whole, the whole house if I did that. So, and then through some very difficult times this past year in my life, even when I was sleeping, I just, I played the worship music 24-7 all night long because I needed that. I needed that encouragement. I needed that weapon. I needed that battle to, to fight those battles. The second thing that I did was I got into God's Word. And there were some very important scriptures to me. Um, now I don't want to get emotional. But um, I was feeling very anxious at one time. And my mom uh, said, you know, and that's a whole story in itself. My mom, the Lord has blessed my mom so much in, in her later years, and she is such a blessing to so many people. But she called me and she said, Debbie, I've just been praying Philippians 4, and you just need to do that. 
Now, that's a familiar verse to a lot of us. Philippians 4, and it starts out in the fourth chapter, and I'm just going to read a little bit of it to you. That's not the mark here. Here's the one. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, my mom's never called me in my whole life and said, Debbie, you need to pray this. You know, so that was the word of the Lord. Now, you know, sometimes it's just amazing what the Lord will do. And so at this anxious time in my life and in the life of our family, we gathered together and we started reading that, that prayer every night, diligently, filling that rejoice in the Lord always. And um, then another one, so maybe like some of you, maybe you're not like me, I was very fearful. I was afraid. I was really afraid. You know, and fear is not of God. We should fear the Lord, but we shouldn't be afraid. And that is something, and I had many people um, reach out and tell me, did I forget that one paper I did? Um, Whoops, sorry. I have to look at it because I can't. So, come on. Okay, so one of the scriptures I found was in Isaiah. Chapter 41, verse 10, it says, Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. I was like, okay, that is, that's good. That is good. So I read that one. I filled myself up. Don't be discouraged. Be encouraged. You know, God is with you. And then another one, it's in John chapter 14. I'm going to look at this one. John chapter 14. Here we go. John chapter 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And I was like, wow, the world is not giving much peace right now. Doing everything but giving peace to the people in this world. You know, don't put your sights on God. And that was encouraging to me. So, Listen to worship music. I filled my life with God's word. And the third thing I did, it was I unplugged from the media. Seriously. I could not look at my phone. I had to turn off all news notifications. I had to not do that. I had to, I'm going to say this, I got my news from my husband. Because I could not handle it because it was making me afraid, so afraid that I couldn't even function, you know? And I'm like, that's not how God wants me to live. He doesn't want me to live that way. So stop getting notifications. And then 
I stopped using Facebook. Okay, and I, that was the only social media that I had. Because at this time, it was around October. Sorry, I just rolled my eyes. <laughs> That's all you need to know. That was not a good place to be. And I just said, I can't, I can't fill my life with this. As much as I loved seeing pictures of my family and my friends, and I thought, you know what? Those people who are really important to me, I will call them. I will text them. I will email them. I will video them. But I can't, I can't do this. And so I unplugged from media. And if you are my friend on Facebook, and I, I haven't been on since October. So, and you know what? I'm okay. I'm okay with that. So I'm just encouraging you. I know it's a big deal right now, but it wasn't giving me peace. wasn't what I needed. So that was a big thing. So I unplugged. What did I learn through all this? Well, if there's things, if you're going to do, you're going to learn some things, right? So I learned that not everyone will share your perspective. So this is my perspective now. Not everyone's going to share your perspective, and not everybody will be kind to listen to your perspective. I learned that, and it's like, okay. So, gosh, what does God get all the time, right? So, and that's okay. Especially the world is going to not share your perspective. They're not going to say, listen to worship music, read the scripture, unplug from social media or any, you know, things like that. Then I learned to stay steadfast. Don't give up. There's lots of ups and downs. Take joy in each little small thing you, you see or is from the Lord. Take time to look at those small things. Um, stand victorious. Stand victorious in the battles that he helps you win. You know what? Just not being afraid is a victorious battle. You've won that battle. And that, stand in that victory. And then, the most important thing, look to God for your truth. Look to God for your truth, because that is the only truth that is out there. So, then you can say, it is well. And I want to end with this song that I love so much. And I feel like it's God's perspective. And I'm not going to sing it to you, but I am going to say the words. Um, It's a song by Bethel, and I'm sure many of you have heard it. And, And it goes, this is the chorus. And through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. And through it all, through it all, it is well. So let go my soul and trust in him. The waves and winds still know his name. So let go my soul and trust in him. The ways and winds still know his name. It is well with my soul. You know what? God is bigger than all of this. So be encouraged. Encourage one another. And it is well. So that's all I have to share tonight. Mia's going to come up and share her perspective. This is mine. So she's going to share hers. Okay, everybody, I just want to start by saying, can you hear me? Okay, because this mic 
I have you know, a hearing issue, but it sounded a little soft to me. So from where I was sitting, and I was in the front. But you guys in the back can hear okay? Okay. <laughs> so um, crazy enough, Debbie and I, we did talk about what we were going to say. But it's, um, you know, God is so good. It's really interesting how, how much we correlated without really meaning to. And, um, you know, we, we missed our retreat for the last couple of years. And um, Becky and Kristen came to me. They're like, can we just get together? You know, and so that's why we're here tonight. So we have them to thank. And you're really going to thank them after you go downstairs because it's beautiful. And um, we're going to have a lot of fun. And I'm not going to talk very long. I have a whole retreat of stuff inside of me. But I promise you I'm not doing that tonight. But... <laughs> But I just wanted to encourage you, when I was praying about this, I'm like, everybody needs to be encouraged, that God is with them, God is on the throne, and he's not up there going, oh my goodness, there's a pandemic, we better go to plan B. You know, like, he knew, he knew there was going to be a pandemic, so he is with us through all of this, and, um, you know, we just really have to... uh, Dig in and, like Debbie said, get into his word, worship, fill ourselves up with positive things that keep us going in the way God wants us to go and that will help our lives. Um, when, I was, when I was praying about all of this, I actually pulled up um, my notes from the retreat. So not this one. Well, we never even started planning this one. But last year, we actually were planning to have a retreat and wound up having to cancel it. And so I I pulled up my notes, and I'm like going, oh, my goodness, everybody needed to hear this last year. It's so perfect. And um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about that, but I'm not going to take a long time. But I just really, really want to encourage you guys, and I want you to, you know, I think, um, like Debbie was saying, this whole year has caused people to become so introspective. You know, everybody's in their house. Everybody's... Like, doesn't want to touch anybody. Every, and, and that is so inhumane, really. We need to touch people. We need to hug people. We need to be around people. We need to have community. That's how we thrive. That's how we're built up in our hearts, you know, being around people that love God and can encourage us. And it's, it's just really caused a lot of, um, well, if you look at all the statistics, which I'm not going to go through a bunch because it's just discouraging, but mental health issues, suicides, all of these awful things that really are enhanced when people get super introspective have just been on the rise, not only in adults, but especially in teenagers. Teenagers are pack animals, man. They need to be with their friends and be out and have fun. And so those guys have just been on my heart so much, and I've been really praying for all the teenagers in my life, but... Um, and in this church. Um, But I really want to encourage you guys now that we're sort of getting on the other side of it. We really, really need to not forsake the coming together in the church as much as you can. You know, I know everybody's got to kind of walk out their own salvation, and I understand there's some people that really need to still be careful, but, um, and there is no condemnation, but Eddie, was, Eddie heard a statistic. He's like, isolation and loneliness is worse for your health than obesity. So get out there and stop being isolated as much as you can, as much as you, your faith will allow you. Um, 
But anyway, so when I was looking through um, the notes for the retreat for last year, I was going to talk about having a firm foundation. And um, we all know the story about where Jesus, he does this the big old Sermon on the Mount, it's like three chapters of red letters. And at the end, he says, everybody that hears these words and does them and listens to them, they're going to be like a man who built his house on a rock. And the winds and the storms came and everything was blown down, but they stood because they have listened to my word and they've done my word. And that was what retreat was going to be about. Did we need that last year? We needed that. <laughs> and so, so um, you know, and I think when I look at things that we go through in our lives, we have to look at, uh, we can't see way far down the road. And sometimes that really hangs us up because we're in the middle of this crisis and we're like, Lord, what could you possibly be doing in this, you know? And um, in my life, I've had uh, some interesting things happen, and I just want to share one little, one little story. And, um, you know, most of you that are here, I see most of you looking around here, um, were here when my parents were here. Some of you little ones are like, maybe don't remember. <laughs> one day we were driving to church. It was so funny. And I'm driving, and Kimmy's sitting next to me, and Levi's like, you know, in his car seat. He's like three or four. And this was before Nana lived with us, so he had never met Nana. And we're driving to church, and Levi goes, Mom, who are my grandparents? <laughs> and Kimmy's like, Mom, don't cry. Don't cry. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's just so young, he didn't even know my parents. So anyway, most of you did. And so, you know, my dad was such an amazing man, and he really taught us through our whole life. All of those things that he taught up here, he taught us before. I mean, like, we heard the sermon at the dinner table at least two or three times before he got up here on Sunday. So he filled us up with so much great faith. I mean, he was a man of faith. He believed God for things that, I mean, were just crazy. I mean, we had this property. Somebody... Gave, my dad was just such a giver. He would give and give and give. I mean, we were like, he gave away our car one year, and like we walked everywhere for six months. Literally <laughs> walked everywhere to church. We would get rides to church a lot, and my parents would get rides to the grocery store. But thankfully, our school was right down the street, so we walked, you know. But he was just, he was such an amazing man of faith. He just, you know, he came to the Lord when he was like 28 years old at the end of his rope, which moms think, Listen to this story. He was a drug addict. He was, like, going the wrong way. He had a major motorcycle accident on the freeway, and God met him, and he changed his life, and he became such an amazing man of God. And so if you're worried about your kids, just keep praying. God has got their lives in his hands. But um, anyway, so when he came to the Lord, he was, like, 110% all the time. And... I was starting to say, like, <clears throat> so he gave and he gave and he gave. And for a time, we lived down in Jupiter, Florida, and he was doing this youth ministry. And actually, Chris Carpenter was baptized in her bikini in Florida Beach by my dad. Yes. <laughs> so she was like this little twig, you know, blonde bikini girl. And they, we did like these youth group baptisms at the beach. 
and she was there, and she just happened to live in California when we came here, but that's a whole other story. But um, anyways, that got me so totally sidetracked, but <laughs> we were living down in Jupiter, and we were really good friends with, my parents were really great friends with this realtor, and she's like, I'm going to give you this property. And the Lord just like had blessed her, and so they gave, she gave my parents a quarter of an acre of land on the ocean. Literally, from here to that door was the ocean. And, I mean, beautiful, beautiful property. I'm sure today it's worth $10 million. Like, Jupiter, Florida, it's a huge, like, it's kind of a laguna of Florida. So, um, anyways, but a few years later, the Lord told my dad, sell it, give the money to some, you know, missionary or something and he did it i mean that's just how he was he gave and he gave and he was full of faith and the lord always blessed him but he didn't hold on to anything he just gave it away um and then you know he just taught us so many things about life and having faith in god and trusting god when you're going through difficult things and you know the church is the lord's and you know it's not my church we wear these robes because we are humans and we are representing Christ, but what's under here is just a human. You need to look to God as your source. You need to not see me as, you know, this great person. I'm a human, and God is working through me because I'm allowing him to. I'm, I'm being a vessel for him. But anyway, so throughout our whole, I mean, he was bigger than life. And I mean, most of you that know him, remember that. And so when all this stuff happened you know, however long ago, 2007, and my dad retired, <clears throat> it wasn't, it wasn't a good thing. You know, it was really, really, really difficult on all the sides. It wasn't like he decided, oh, I've, I've had a long ministry and, and I'm ready to go and like, you know, sit on the beach, like I'm going to retire. That's not how it was. And I'm not going to get into all the details, but it was really, really hard, really hard. And, you know, my parents were everything <laughs> to me and um that was <laughs> that was challenging and difficult and you know i know there was i'm you know I don't, i'm not saying any particular person was wrong it was just the enemy you know the enemy caused a lot of things to happen and people made mistakes and it happened and it was really 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 hard and I would come here on Sundays and my heart would break. And that, <laughs> there was a while that I just, I begged God. I'm like, Lord, let me leave this place. Like, it's so hard to be here with all the memories, you know. But my dad taught me that if God calls you somewhere, you don't give up because it's hard. <laughs> you don't do that. That's not how we work, you know. And he had taught me all these amazing things. And actually, when I was looking at this sermon, I uh, found a letter I wrote him around that time. And I was like, Dad, you taught me this. You taught me that if we, you know, hang in there, God's going to come through for us. You know, you taught me all the, the letter I kept saying, but you taught me. And you taught, you know. And so I stayed here because my husband and I really believe this is where God wanted us to be. And, I, and, of course, I love all of you guys, so <laughs> that helped. Um, and um, so 
what I don't see was down the road, the Lord was going to bring my son back here with his family. And now he's preaching two weeks out of every month. And he's blessing our church. And my daughter's married to a man that loves God and is ministering in a church right down the street. I get to, well, not down the street, 30 miles away, but, <laughs> but close enough. I get to see my grandchildren all the time. I'm so blessed by my son who's ministering in this pulpit. I mean, it just, we can't see what's coming down the road. And when we are faithful and we do the things God's called us to do, he blesses that, you know. And I, I try to tell my kids all the time, like, you want blessings in your life. Like, this is what you got to do. Like, you got to seek the Lord. You've got to do what the Lord's called you to do. You've got to ask the Lord, like, what do you want me to do, you know. And, um. So that was, that was kind of what I wanted to say. Like, this whole year has been, you know, such a challenge for our whole nation, for the whole world. You know, and I, if I hear the word unprecedented one more time, I'm going to, like, throw up. It's not unprecedented. I mean, in the early 1900s, there was Spanish flu. Fifty million people died. And then there was World War I, where millions and millions of millions of other people died. Like, other people have had struggles in this world throughout history. So it is not unprecedented, and God is faithful. God is faithful no matter what you're going through. He's faithful. If you will just allow him to lead you and guide you, he, your life will be so beautiful. You know, he wants the very, very best for us. And when, um, when Debbie was talking about the things that she did this last year that really helped her, that's so funny because two of them are exactly what I was going to say about how do we get that foundation where no matter what comes in our life, we can stand and we can praise God and we can get through it. And, um, and the other thing, too, is when you're standing and you're praising God and you're not fearful, you're, you're like protecting the people around you. You know, like um, when I was looking at this, there was a picture of a hurricane beach. In, I wish I could have bought it and put it on the slides, but some hurricane happened on a beach, and there was a house, and, like, everything is rubble all around it, everything. And this house is standing. It's, like, really close to the beach. It, it has a couple broken shutters, but otherwise it's intact. And so somebody did an article about it. It's like, what happened to this house? And the, the first thing they started talking about was how they knew it was close to the beach, so they made the foundation really, really strong. It went way down below the sand for the foundation. And the interesting thing was one house other than that house stood, and it was the one right behind it, right behind it. Because when we have a strong foundation, it not only helps us stand, it helps those around us. And so, anyways, so the things that we need to do... Meditating on God's word. Debbie got that one. Prayer, which I think is a part of the praise she was talking about. Prayer is so important. And it just, you know, it's, we're all busy. I have nine kids and I work full time and, you know, it's crazy. But I just pray all the time. Like, I'll, I'll be walking out of the patient's room. I'm like, I'm going to say a prayer for you. And I'll, like, walk down the hall. Okay, Lord, I pray for it right now because I know if I don't do it right now, I'm going to forget, you know. <laughs> so I just pray for it in my head. Um, but... Prayer is so important, and of course we need those times where you do set aside a special time and you really pray, but you can pray all day long. You can pray washing the dishes, doing your laundry, brushing your hair, you know, in the shower. That's a great place to pray. Meditating on God's word, prayer, praise, 
crazy. I mean, my kids will tell you. Mackenzie said to me a few weeks ago, you've never introduced any cool music to us when we were growing up. I'm like, I listen to cool music. And she's like, I just worship all the time. <laughs> I'm like, well, not all the time. Like recently, yes, I would say it's been more so. And then fellowship. Fellowship is so important. And that's, you know, not for anybody's fault. It's been taken away from us for a year. And it really hasn't done anybody any favors. I mean, hopefully it saves some lives. But but it has mentally, it hasn't really helped anybody. So, um, and thank, thank the Lord we have, you know, live streaming and social, I mean, not social media, but FaceTime and those kinds of things where you can connect with people. But um, uh, those are the things that we need to do to strengthen our foundation. Prayer, praise, getting into the word. Did I leave my Bible? Oh, here. I just wanted to go to Psalms, Psalm 1 really quickly. And I'm going to wrap it up. Um, and, you know, we're going to do more of these. Like, I don't, have to, I don't have to do the whole retreat tonight because we're going to have some more of these. So we, we want to talk about what works for people. Obviously, Friday night's not a great night because it's kind of family night. It's pizza night at our house. And, um, you know, it's just, you know, people want to be with their husbands or whatever. But um, we, we want to talk about what will work for you guys. And like Debbie was saying in the beginning, sometime this summer we'll get together on a Saturday and talk Saturday morning, have a little breakfast, talk about the things around the church, and then we'll talk about how often do we want to meet because we really, really need, like men need men, women need women. Like, you know, our husbands run out of words, like way before we do. So we need women <laughs> that we can talk to and be encouraged by. Um, but when you look at Psalm 1, and this is talking about how, how do we get blessed in our life. Blessed is the man, here we go, right here, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. And it was really interesting, one time I heard a guy talking about this, and he was saying, do you see the progression? You stand, you walk in the counsel of the ungodly, then you start, then you stand in the path of the sinners, and then now you're seated with them. You know, it's kind of like scorners, the scornful. If you, like, watch TV for five minutes, how scornful is everybody? The media, TV shows. I mean, it's crazy how scornful people are. Like, that's not how we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be kind and gentle and meek and all of those things, right? So blessed is the man who... Walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Don't get your counsel from people who are ungodly. Don't listen to podcasts and think you're going to get good counsel from somebody who doesn't know the Lord. Like, podcasts are okay. I listen to some myself. But you can't, you know, I, t- I try to tell my kids, like, you can have, I hope you do have friends that aren't Christian because we need to be a light to the world. We need to be a light to everybody around us. But your inner circle your, you know, Jesus had Peter, James, and John. Your inner circle needs to be people with like faith who can build you up and call you out when you're doing something stupid. You know, don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the path of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Then you will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, 
and whatever he does will prosper. You want whatever you do to prosper? Wouldn't that be awesome? We all want to prosper. He gave it to you right there. It says it again in Deuteronomy 28. Do these things that I've commanded you. You know, Moses just gave them 28 chapters of commandments, but basically it's the Ten Commandments all spread out. Do those things, and your life is going to be blessed. And then he tells 11 verses of blessings, 11 verses of all the things God will do for you. And it doesn't mean we're never going to have struggles. I just told you about a big, giant struggle in my life, which was really hard to get through. But you know what? God was walking with me every step of the way. Every step of the way. And when you are in a big struggle or you are in a storm, reach out to people here, people around you that love God, that can encourage you, that can pray with you. Um, And the last thing I want to say, I just really, no matter what I did, I could not get away from this weight poem that I have. This book is a poem. Because I feel like there's some people here tonight that are really waiting for some things to break through in their life. And it's a, that's a hard place to be when you feel like you've prayed for a lot of years and nothing's happening or sometimes it's months or whatever. Um, and that can be any phase of your life. Teenagers ask God for things too. So maybe you teenagers are waiting for God to do something in your life. Maybe you're a mom and you're praying for a child that's wayward or, uh, you know, you want to get married and you're waiting for a husband or... You know, you have a, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is, it's been a while. You know, back to the story of my parents. Um, we don't, we don't always get the answers that we want either. You know, <laughs> like I remember one day I was in the shower praying for my mom, and I was like, Lord, I, I just felt like Psalm 23 came to my heart, and I had so much faith that God was going to restore her soul because, in the end, her soul was really troubled. You know. And I just had so much faith that he was going to do it. And I was just praying that for her every day. And, and then she died, you know. And it was like the Lord said to me, I did restore her soul. She is in heaven and she's more restored than you can imagine. And she's beautiful and happy and joyful, you know. So we don't always get the answers that we want. But in the waiting, there's so much that we can mine from the Lord that will help us with other things in our lives. So I'm going to close with this little poem. And um, I'm sure you can find it on the Internet if you want a copy of it, or I can give it to you. Uh, But for everybody that is waiting for a promise that you feel like God has given to you, this is a really neat poem. Desperately, helplessly, longingly I cried. Quietly, patiently, lovingly, God replied, I pled and I wept for a clue to my fate. And the master so gently said, wait. Wait, you say wait? My indignant reply, Lord, I need answers. I need to know why. Is your hand shortened or have you not heard? By faith I have asked and I'm claiming your word. My future and all to which I relate hangs in the balance. And you tell me to wait? I'm needing a yes, a go-ahead sign, or even a no to which I'll resign. You promised, dear Lord, that if we believe, we need but to ask and we shall receive. 
Lord, I've been asking, and this is my cry. I'm weary of asking. I need a reply. Then quietly, softly, I learned of my fate. As my master replied again, wait. So I slumped in my chair, defeated and taught and grumbled to God. So I'm waiting. For what? <laughs> he, said, he seemed then to kneel, and his eyes met with mine, and he tenderly said, I could give you a sign. I could shake the heavens and darken the sun. I could raise the dead and cause mountains to run. I could give you all you seek and pleased you would be. You'd have what you want, but you wouldn't know me. You'd not know the depth of my love for each saint. You'd not know the power that I give to the faint. You'd not learn to see through the clouds of despair. You'd not learn to trust just by knowing I'm there. You'd not know the joy of resting in me when darkness and silence are all you can see. You'd never experience the fullness of love when my peace, when the peace of my spirit descends like a dove. You would know that I give and I save for a start, but you'd not know the depth of the beat of my heart. The glow of my comfort laid into the night, the faith that I give when you walk without sight. The depth that's beyond getting just what you ask from an infinite God who makes what you have last. You'd never know, should your pain quickly flee, what it means that my grace is sufficient for thee. <clears throat> yes, your dearest dreams overnight would come true, but oh the loss if you missed what I'm doing in you. So be silent, my child, and in time you will see that the greatest of gifts is to truly know me. And though oft my answers seem terribly late, my most precious answer of all is still wait. All right. That's it. I just want to pray for you guys tonight before we close. And we're going to come up, Anna and Hannah. Anna and Hannah. It's like almost the same name. How cute. And they did such a fabulous job. Thank you, girls, so much. All those songs, like, just really were great and perfect. And I love the song that they're going to do next, and we haven't done it in this church yet, so they get a gold star tonight. But anyways, I just want to pray for you guys. Um, you know, the Lord just, like I said, wanted me to impart encouragement and hope because God is with us no matter what we're facing and, um, Lord, I just pray, I just lift up these ladies tonight, Lord, I know there is a room full of needs, but God, you are bigger, bigger than all of it, Lord. And I just pray, Father, tonight that you would bless them, that you would grant them your peace in whatever they're facing, Lord. Lord, give them a sign, Lord, that you are with them. Even tonight, Lord, as they go to their homes or wherever they're going, Lord, that you would bless them. And, Lord... I just pray that the rest of this evening will be good fellowship, Lord, and that, Lord, as we go from here, we would be a light to those around us, Lord. Help us, help us to have peace and joy that make people want to know what's different in our lives and why they don't have that. Lord, help us to be a light to those around us. 
In your name, amen. This was my favorite song for 2020. It is a great, great declaration of God's blessing. So we'll sing this and then we're going to, oh yeah, stand up everybody. Then we're going to go downstairs and fellowship.
blessed as you go eat charcuterie downstairs.